Deposit insurers have been equipped with an increasing number of resolution panels. Resolution tools are increasingly subject to lease cost rules and systemic failure considerations. We found that the resolution toolkit has expanded considerably since the 2008 global financial crisis. Uh, hi, I'm Ryan Defender and I work here in the ARD Research Unit in Basel. And hi, my name is Bert van Rosebeke from the ARD Secretariat in Basel and you're listening to the podcast of ARD, the International Association of Deposit Insurance. So today we have Ryan with us. Uh, Ryan, you just uh, finished a policy brief on the uh, role of banking resolution for deposit insurers. So thanks a lot for your time today. Uh, and maybe we can start off uh, with you explaining us a bit what were the research questions, uh, what is it that, that this paper is all about? Yeah, thanks, Bert. Uh, so I think that the motivation here is that deposit insurers around the world are they vary fundamentally. There is tremendous heterogeneity and um, some are quite young, others have been around for a long time. We have differences in terms of independence, both legal and operational. And of course, they're administered in different ways. Some are public, some are private. But for the purposes of this paper, we focused in on uh, the deposit insurer's mandate. So we're interested in two questions predominantly. So one is... Are there any significant changes in, in the mandate of deposit insurers that we're observing over time with a particular focus uh, on resolution activities? And number two, well, are we observing changes in the availability over time of resolution tools and the conditions governing their usage? And so these are the core questions that we're looking to address in this paper. Okay, thanks. So, um, maybe coming back for a second to, to the mandate, right? So maybe some of our listeners would ask themselves the question, what, uh, does a what does a resolution, uh, sorry, what does a deposit insurer have to do uh, with, with resolution activities? So, so we've seen a lot of different um, degrees in the mandate. Maybe, maybe you can just walk us, walk us through that for a moment. Yeah, so the IRD core principles define uh, four key mandates for all deposit insurers. So there are a paybox, a paybox plus, a loss minimizer, and a risk minimizer. Now, the, the paybox essentially performs the quintessential role of a deposit insurer, the real bread and butter stuff. So that's concerning the uh, maintenance of an ex-ante fund, which is typically financed by premiums levied on member institutions. And then in the event of a bank failure, um, the pay box will use this fund to ensure that uh, covered deposits um, are reimbursed to ensure that no depositors lose any of their funds. The uh, Paybox Plus, Loss and Risk Minimizers all have typically broader roles in, in the resolution exercises of a failed bank. So that may be concerning decision making around which resolution tools to implement or indeed in the implementation of such resolution activities. Okay, so we've seen different degrees uh, in which the deposit insurer um, is working on resolution questions, right? And, and, and the question um, that the paper aims to answer is, do we see any changes over time? So do we see more deposit insurers 
actually being involved in, in resolution. So what's, um, what's the source of your information? So what is the data that you can actually uh, resort to that you can use to, to be able to answer these questions? Yeah, so we use the IARDI annual survey data. So we've been running this survey here at IARDI for nearly 10 years now. And uh, we go out and we pose questions to uh, deposit insurers all around the world. Um, and given that the questions have remained relatively stable throughout that period, we've been able to construct some really interesting time series. It's quite a, a rich data set where we can draw some very interesting conclusions. And of course, we're very grateful to those um, in a deposit insurance community that have supported that initiative over many years now. Okay. Well, well going to the findings. Um, so looking at this question, do we see any changes over time um, in deposit insurance activity in, in resolution uh, matters? So w what is it that the paper can actually tell us? Well, we explicitly asked deposit insurers whether they have resolution powers, and that's irrespective of whether they see themselves as a, as a pay box or, a, or have a mandate broader than that. So two of the three statistical models that we uh, applied uh, show that there's a significant increase in the resolution powers for deposit insurers. So this offers some evidence to suggest that uh, the mandate of deposit insurers is continuing to broaden over time. Broader over time in the sense that they go more into the direction of resolution activities, which brings us to the second question uh, in the paper. So, um, resolution tools, right? So, if, if you have um, more of an activity in resolution, you need the tools as well. So, um, what does the paper say on the availability, um, on the presence of, of these resolution tools? Yes, we found strong evidence here to support an increase in the availability of these resolution uh, tools over time. Three in particular. Um, one is the purchase and assumption transactions. Uh, the second is in bridge banking. And the third in the bail-in mechanism. So we're seeing purchase and assumption transactions increase from 60 to 75% over the last 10 years. Uh, the use of bridge banking has gone from 45 to 70%, and bail-in has increased from 25 to 45% throughout that period. Mm -hmm. Okay, so finding so many resolution tools that are available right now, um, is, is that a finding that was surprising to you? Well, not particularly, given the context. So since the 2008 global financial crisis, the the global standard setters have, of course, put in lots of new rules in terms of... Um, how global, global banking works, and um, particularly with regard to um, considerations concerning the too-big-to-fail issues of 2008. So to cite two instances, we've got the Financial Stability Board, who developed their key attributes for effective resolution regimes. And of course, IATI developed their own core principles, which were the first instance of agreed set of uh, standards concerning how deposit insurers should operate around the world. Okay, so, so I guess finding, or you finding now, uh, proof for those resolution tools in the jurisdictions that you looked into is, is comforting, right? So it, it would show that jurisdictions actually put into practice uh, what global standard setters have agreed upon. Well, we need to be a little bit careful here, given that the IATI survey data uh, asks about the availability of such tools. So not necessarily how easy they are to use or how effective they are in practice. So we also asked about the availability within a jurisdiction. So the tools are not necessarily going to be available to the deposit insurer, but 
it might be the resolution authority that has um, access to such tools. So we do need to be a little bit careful uh, in terms of the links that we draw and with the increasing broader mandate of a deposit insurer mm -hmm. and the increasing availability of such tools. Okay, understood. Um, moving to the, to the third um, question uh, in the paper. So uh, in how far do uh, site conditions uh, like least cost considerations or systemic failure considerations and how far do they apply to the use of resolution tools? So, so what, uh, what could you find out there? Yes, we found uh, evidence to suggest that both least cost tests and systemic failure criterion are increasing in their prevalence. And so least cost tests essentially provide some sort of financial constraint that um, is imposed upon the usage of such bank resolution tools. And the systemic failure criteria enable such rules to be, well, make exceptions to such rules in, in situations where the failure of a particular bank um, may impose broader financial stability issues. So, um, of course, bank resolution is complicated and involves a lot of judgment. So it's not too surprising here uh, that we're seeing this. Um, but we also don't want to judge at this particular point in time regarding the merits of these particular approaches. So um, the, rel the relative merits of these would require further analysis and individual assessment. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so the paper is out now, but, but some of the questions, uh, as you're alluding to, some of the questions uh, remain open, right? So, so what would be uh, the subject of any, any further work uh, in this area? So we've already, I think, alluded to the fact that we'd like to explore further how effective some of these tools are in particular situations and, and broader financial system implications. Um, we'd also like to identify challenges for practitioners on the ground in terms of implementing uh, such tools. Uh, now to do this, we, we may well be running additional surveys or collating uh, historical data. Um, the analysis, that, the analysis that we've conducted is mainly focused on correlation, but there's also opportunities potentially to unpack more causal mm -hmm. inference, mm -hmm. and there are methods that we could explore there. And of course, looking further into the future, um, forecasting where these trends may well head over the medium to long term and um, potential implications for policymakers in that regard. So thank you, Ryan. I think that gives us a good idea uh, of the paper, which is available on the public uh, Yadi website for everybody um, to read. So uh, closing off, Ryan, uh, what's, what's next uh, for the Yadi Research Unit? Yes, we've got a number of papers coming up. Uh, the IARTI Policy Brief Series has uh, three new editions on their way shortly. Uh, we've got one on emerging issues that have popped up recently in deposit insurance, where we've highlighted some, some avenues that we think policymakers could consider exploring further. Uh, another on climate change and, and why climate change potentially is relevant to deposit insurers. Uh, finally, there is also a piece on central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, uh, where we're going to be highlighting some of the key principles uh, underpinning this technology and looking to uh, build an understanding of this new technology and how it potentially relates to deposit insurers moving forward. And of course, there'll be more podcasts too, which is exciting to hear. That's right. Okay, Ryan, thanks for your time today. And all listeners, stay tuned for the next podcast.